McNulty stunning for Emilio to get up above Cargill and find Bennett. It's into the box. McNulty cut back for Roberts. It's Gary Roberts no, from Bosby. are leading in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Mark McNulty, but a good chance by Doyle for McNulty on the edge. Mark McNulty oh, short yes. for Bosby. Smashes it past McCormack. One by Doyle. Finished by the returning Mark McNulty. First left blood for Bosby. They're in dreamland early here at Bratton. There's a through ball to Jamal Lowe. Jamal Lowe's onside. The flag stayed down. Jamal Lowe. Nonchalant. Fantastic. Brilliant. Pompey will be promoted at this rate. That is it. Pompey are champions. They won League Two in the most dramatic of circumstances. The PO4 podcast with Hugh Bunce. Proud to be Pompey. Hi, Bobby fans, and welcome to PO4 Podcast episode 72. Well, we've been giving you some bout of interviews, but now we're back to give a full season review of Pompey. Well, the season as it stands so far. Joining me on the podcast today is Freddie Webb and Proudy. Freddie, how are you, mate? I'm doing well, Hugh. How are you? Yeah, mate, I'm good. You know, well, we're in lockdown, usual malarkey, mate. But, you know, we've got a lot more time to do some podcasts and get some content out there. Oh, precisely. Uh, It's been weird being back at the parents' house, stuck at home. But, yeah, it's nice to do a podcast still. Yeah, nice one. Proudy, how's things, mate? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, this is the first sort of interview. It's not even an interview, is it? It's a podcast. But, like, the first sort of, like, media sort of thing I've done since I got knocked out of the trophy on Football Manager with Pompey. But, you know, I've I've told so many people I don't want to talk about it. It was just a disaster from start to finish. That was it. Yeah, get that out there right now, Proudy, eh? (laughs) Get that done now. All right, guys. So um, what we're going to do is we're going to go through, first of all, the expectations we had for the start of the season. Following on from that, we're going to review the different transfers that Pompey were involved in. We're going to give players ratings. Um, That should be pretty interesting to see what you guys think about that. All right. Let's go for it. Expectations for the start of the season, lads. I don't know what you thought, and it, it was quite a long time ago, but I think it's important for the listeners that we see, you know, what our expectations were when the season started so that we can sort of understand where we are at the end and, you know, what we think about it, how the team's performed. Freddie, where did you think we'd come at the end of the day, at the end of the season? What was the position you thought Pompey would be in? Uh, before the, all the transfers were done, I expected at least, the very least, would have been playoffs again, but in my in my mind, on paper with the squad we had, we should have got automatic promotion. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't. I think that's a fair enough analysis. Proudly, what did you think about that one? Uh, well, I mean, I I said top two only because I felt like the teams that went up last year uh, were very strong, and then the teams that came down from the championship weren't uh, like on the same level as those teams. Uh, so I I said top two. Um, but yeah, it just, it just seems. I think like the signings that we end up making, I did think we could actually go up as champions uh, later on into the transfer window. Yeah, no, I mean, I actually predicted us to come second. Um, I, I never like predicting Pompey to come first. Let's be honest, we're all Pompey fans. We know we know where that path might lead us anyway, rather than uh, straight to promotion. So I, I thought we'd come second. I remember saying it actually on the radio, talking on Express FM, and I said, you know, second place, nice and comfy. And then the season started, didn't it, lads? And 
it was a pretty a pretty rocky road at the start of the season. But before we get into that, let's go through the players that Pompey signed. As Freddie mentioned, he, he thought we were a playoff team. And then we signed this bout of players. It immediately raises expectations into automatic promotion. So now we've got a bit of retrospect. And, you know, we've got the power of hindsight here. So it's important to understand that. But let's go through the players one by one. Uh, we'll start with Proudy with John Marquis. About, I think it's about 1.53 million, according to Transfer Market. Mm. It's been touted as high as 2 million. Um, I think that's something to do with add-on fees. What's your summary of how John Marquis has been this season, Proudy? Um, and then we'll go on to the ratings at the end. Um, well, at first, I was very excited when he signed. Uh, I felt like, uh, I mean, his scoring record at Doncaster was far beyond like quite a lot of the strikers in the bottom two leagues. And uh, I felt like he was going to take us to the next level. Uh, I felt like we missed, or well, we hadn't had that sort of clinical strike. I know we've had like Brett Pittman, but then he like sort of waned off last season. Uh, so when John Marquis came in, um, I felt like that was a statement of intent by us to say that, you know, this is the time that we're going to go up like this year. Uh, he was the sort of player we needed. Um, he did have a slow start, I know, um, to the season. I think he hadn't scored until, I can't actually remember the game that he scored his first goal in. It was uh, quite late on into the season, wasn't it? Was it like South Ends? Was it? I think it was his first goal. Um so he did have a slow start, but I mean, he's definitely improved a lot more. I think uh, him and Ellis Harrison did definitely complement each other up front. Um, so yeah, like as the season went on, he's definitely become like the sort of player I hoped he would become. But obviously, he had to get over a slow start at the start of the season. No, I think I think that's fair enough. I think some of it's got to do with maybe the positioning. Would you say that you know he was played in that cam role, wasn't he, in the centre? Mm. And I think that really affected his his goal tally. Um, eight goals, four assists in the league, seventy one percent of starts in the team according to transfer market, which is interesting. Uh, and twenty two percent goal participation isn't too bad, but it's not outstanding for a striker that maybe um, came in to score us 20-plus goals. Freddie, where do you see John Marquis sitting? In terms of stature in the team? Well, I, I, on paper, it was the, exactly the sort of striker Portsmouth would have needed. A, bit, a proven goal scorer, but the problem was he did. It, it, Portsmouth would have had to adapt their tactics to be able to use him properly. Because with, with Doncaster, was up, he was um, up front of the 4-3-3, and most of Doncaster's build-up was quick, quick counter-attacking with through balls through the middle. And Ports of aren't very good at that, as many people would have lamented by watching us over the season. So I think John Marquis did the best that he could in regards to how he was used, because it, because dropping back to Cam is ridiculous, and I, st- I still don't think there's any way to defend that whatsoever. But I thought so. It, it took him a while to get going, obviously, as Proudy said. But I thought eventually. You could see him getting used to the side, and you can see it all coming together again. Because because Marcus had been at Doncaster for three years when he was scoring twenty goals, he gelled into that side completely. But yeah, I think it it, it didn't match expectations though, which would disappoint many people. Right, let's go around the table or the virtual table as such, and give a quick a quick fire rating out of ten. Uh, Proudy, John Marquis. Uh, I'll say a seven. I think it may be a bit. Oh, was it? It's maybe a bit generous to some people, but I think he's uh, performed quite well under the circumstances he's in. Ready? I'd give it slightly under and say a six out of ten. Again, as Proudy mentioned, in the way that he was used, very difficult. But he quite simply hasn't returned the goals that 
people had expected him to. I want to give him a seven, um, and, and I think agreement with Proudy, but on the level that the second half of the season was a lot better once we got the usage out of him, and I think he'll be an important player for us going forward and hope he can carry that form onto maybe more of an eight as we move to next season. Okay, let's go for it. Freddie, you're up next. Ellis Harrison. Very good signing, I thought. Uh, it, it was it was billed as the the backup striker role, if you'd think about that, behind John Marquis. But gives a completely different <clears throat> gives a completely different option, a lot uh, a lot taller. But is in terms of being a target man, he's not like Ollie Hawkins. He's, uh, Harrison could be very mobile and and worry defenders a lot. So in terms of squad depth, an excellent signing for the amount of money that we spent as well. Ipswich basically pretty much gave him away for I think it was about four hundred thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. I think for a striker like that, who who had a proven goal scoring record in League One with Bristol Rovers, I th- I thought that was money well spent. Nice. Proudy? Uh, yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think he was uh, a signing I didn't expect us to make like last season, but then obviously as time went on, like I'm pretty impressed with him. I think there's probably question marks about sometimes his, um, like the amount of yellow cards he picks up as striker because he can, he can get him early on in a game. I think, uh, I remember going to Ipswich at home and he got a yellow card after, what is it, like 20 seconds? Was, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, and, we're sort of like needing him to be on the pitch like for the next 89 minutes without getting another yellow card. So there's question marks about that. But in terms of like how he links up the play and uh, his work rate, I mean, I can't really fault it at all. Um, I'm very impressed with the signing. Yeah, massively. For me, Ellis was that player that when he came into the team playing up front, he sort of brought all the other players into the system. I think Kenny Jacket maybe tried to to tinker it a bit too much. Didn't quite know how to get the ball up to, to John Marquez and make it work in the system. Because as Freddie mentioned in the last one, he had to play, he had to put crosses across the box, really, um, along the floor and ball into feet and ball in behind for John Marquez. Well, Ellis Harrison really fits into a more Ollie Hawkins plus plus sort of situation where he can, he can run from the front, chase players down. He's good in the air. He's quick and he can finish. So um, all round pretty impressive Ellis Harrison, even though if you look at goals in league one, he got five this season, which is um, three less than John Marquis, but I think all round play, I think he's been the better player. Um, Let's go around the table. Freddie, what do you think out of 10? Uh, I think I would give him an eight entirely linked above John Mark is entirely linked to the expectation that Pompey fans had of him 10 goals in all comps isn't bad for for what we perceived as a backup striker and and mainly squad depth reasoning he's an excellent player for Portsmouth to have in League One and if and it's a big if now considering everything that's going on if Portsmouth gets to the championship and, and Ellis Harrison's still around the squad I wouldn't moan would you? Proudy would you moan? No no definitely I think um he, I could see him like he would definitely drop down the pecking order, but like he's a great option to have in the squads uh, in the championship. Okay, do you think he would drop down the pecking order if we start again this season in League One? No, I think no. It, for me, he's the second choice striker. But I think if you go up to the championship, I think he would probably come third or fourth. Um, like just because I feel like he's not. I don't know if he can actually get to championship level. It's very difficult for League One players to hit championship level. I mean, there's B 
been loads of articles about like the sort of disparity between League One clubs and Championship clubs, and how a lot of them come back down. And I think Ellis Harrison wouldn't be a player that I'd want to rely on in the Championship, but definitely an option I'd like to have on the bench in case because just players with that sort of work rate, it's very hard to find, especially you play up top. So yeah, for me, I would I would have him like uh, around the squad as in the Championship. I think the only thing I'd add to that is the Championship might look a bit different when we come back considering well clubs might not have the money to be able to pay the ridiculous wages so the the standard of the championship might drop a bit we i don't think reading will be able to pay what 200 percent of their turnover or whatever it is on player wages after all this is done so we'll see ellis might be that striker that might still be in the squad if we get promoted but i, I think he was one of jk jacket's better signings this season did you give him a rating out of 10 proudy uh, no, I didn't, but I'd, get, I'd agree with Freddie and give him an eight. I think, uh, you know, he's obviously he's not our first choice striker. Uh, he's going to be behind Marquis, but I think for his goal returns this season, like I can't really complain. I'm going to give him an eight as well, but I actually disagree and think that he, at the moment, adds more to the team starting than John Marquis does. Um, I don't think he would be a clear second. Second choice striker, I definitely think it's sort of a 1A, 1B or, or on an equal level. But, you know, if I'm Kenny Jacket and have to start a striker up top in League One, um, I think I'm going with, with Ellis Harrison at the moment over John Marquis, bringing John Marquis in off the bench if you need to grab a, a sort of poacher sort of style goal. I think I can understand probably what you're saying about the championship because it's very technically difficult. And if mm. you look at players who have done well going up into the championship from League One, they tend to be particularly technical players who are very good with their feet who are quick and rely on that sort of you know good movement i mean you can only look at someone even like connor chaplin i suppose he's the obvious person to compare in pompey but he's he's got that good movement and he's been a good finisher when you watch him play at the championship level that's how he's getting goals by finding space and scoring i don't know if ellis harrison necessarily has that ability but i suppose you'd have to wait until if we got promoted and, and see i suppose but yeah i completely understand i um, think mccauley barnett Macaulay Barnett Charlton is another example. Even though he had to go two divisions from mm. the conference all the way to the championship, he's he scores goals in exactly the same way as Connor does. So maybe it's I think it entirely depends on the system the team plays and the 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 natural uh, the natural nails for scoring goals. So I have to wait and see on that one. Cool. All right, let's get into the next one. We've got James Bolton right back. Um, I'll take this one, I suppose. Right, James Bolton. I've been very up and down with James Bolton, to be honest. Um, I thought he lacked a lot of attacking impetus at right back. You know, in January, I wanted someone to come in and, and take over that right back role. I think me and Freddie spoke about it in the January review. The fact that we had, you know, a left back at Seddon, we needed to get a right back that added more going forward. But you know, he's put some more right crosses going into the box, and I think he's improved as the season's gone on. For me, he's an okay League One player. He's nothing outstanding. He's done a job in a team which defensively, when you look at how well Raggett has done, and we'll come on to that, and and Burgess, you know, the emergence of him as an even better player and the quality of Seddon on the left-hand side, I think you can, you can carry him a little bit at right back. It's not ideal, but at a League One level, I think he's been an all right addition on a free transfer, uh, depending on the actual quality um sorry on the cost of his wages which i actually don't know um don't know if anyone else has an input on that but freddie how do you see james bolton 
I think James Bolton falls into those group of players that um, I think we'll say this about a couple more players as well, who started off very poorly, but then grew with the side as the side gelled a lot. Yes, he's a mainly a defensive right back. <clears throat> Sometimes that isn't bad, but yes, you obviously want that sudden mould of a, a fullback, especially how ports of play with the press. But J- J- James Bolton's no slouch. I don't think he's a bad player at all. And yeah, squad depth side, I really liked it. it was on. A, he was on a free, and I don't think he'd be in a higher echelon of wages, I don't think, compared to the rest of the squad. Solid enough signing. Many people compare him to Nathan Thompson, which I think a bit harsh because we were never going to keep Nathan Thompson for the way he didn't want to sign another contract last season. He's an okay player, but I think maybe right back would be one of the positions to strengthen later on with him as a squad depth option. Yeah, obviously pending this COVID-19 and how it affects football, but we'll try and ignore that for a little bit. Um, Proudy, what do you think? James Bolton? Um, yeah, pretty much the same as what you two said. You know, he's grown into the sides. Um, his like confidence has increased uh, as the season's gone on. Uh, I think we can't really um argue too much that he was a, you know he was a free transfer so i mean we didn't actually have to pay a fee for him which was good uh and obviously he's going to be one of those squad players rather than um he's uh well he's obviously a first choice right back for us but um i think the way that kenny obviously sets up like you know how he has like lee brown and james bolton playing as defensive fullbacks it means that there's sort of more pressure on the attacking players to uh, try and get all the chances together. So I think, like in terms of that, that that is a bit of a problem for us because I feel like we'd we would be much better if we had attacking fullbacks, uh, especially as how our two wingers would like cut inside, and then we don't have like Lee Brown or James Bolton sort of overlapping all the time. Uh, but I think for you know, as I said, like he's a free transfer. You know, he's come in, he's done a pretty good job this season for us. Um, I just whether you know. If the season starts again and we do go up, I don't think we'll keep him. I think we'll just end up sending him back down to League One because I don't think he could cut it in a level higher. I think um, the game against Arsenal sort of showed it a little bit. I think he was, you know, he obviously gave the unlucky injury to Torreira. But I mean, that shows you that he probably can't play at a high level than he is right now. It was an excellent challenge. Oh, it's an excellent challenge. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he did injure the bloke. So I think, uh, I think if he was definitely... I, I, obviously, I'm sounding a bit harsh on James Bowen because you know he's he's done well this season. But I think if he was slightly better, I think he would have uh, done the tackle without injuring Torreira. But that's just how I see it. Nah, he secretly wanted to injure him. We all know what happened. Um, <laughs> of course not. Well, all right then. Let's go around the table. I'm going to give James Bolton a six. Uh, I was going to give him a six as well. Sounds weird to rate him the same as John Marquis, but yeah, I would say six out of ten. Yeah, I can't really you know, argue with those either. I'll give him a six as well. Yeah, I think he should wear number six on the back of his shirt. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that going. Okay, um, I'm not going to bother going into Duncan Turnbull, uh, the keeper we got from the States, because I know absolutely nothing about him apart from he came from Notre Dame. Um, all right, Paul Downing. Freddie's favourite player in the <laughs> transfer window. <laughs> oh. I do, I, I do feel so. I, I do feel sorry for him because he, he, he on cold feet. I think on paper, again, I thought it was a very good signing on a free for a centre half when he played for Doncaster. It, it was an all round centre half, not a ball playing centre half like a, obviously a Matt Clark would have been, but again, a, a solid all round centre back that I thought would have been a very good signing. But it just didn't seem to work out, did it? He was thrown in 
very early on, made a lot of mistakes, never gelled, and then Kenny Jacket threw him to the walls and paid, played virtually anybody else there. So, um, in terms of in terms of the signings and considering he's got, he's got he's on a free, did he sign a three year deal? I think he's got two years yeah. left after mm. this one. He's got two that's years fair. left after this one. Considering all that's going on, that contract might be an absolute ball ache to move because I don't think he's ever going to put ports of shit on ever again. Considering how Jacket threw, threw him away at the beginning of the season, so I think there's probably because of that one one of Jacket's worst signings in the summer, and it's a shame to say that. Proudly, do you share Freddie's despair for Paul Downing, which is a complete turnaround? What he said at the start of the season? Uh, yeah, I think um, you know I, I was exactly the same at the start of the season. I thought he would be uh, coming in to play alongside Burgess, uh, make the centre back spot his own. But it just, I think, like pretty early on, we just saw that he wasn't going to be the fit, and I think he's unlucky because. And I think a lot of centre backs are going to have the same thing uh, playing that position. They're going to be compared to Matt Clark and. Unfortunately, no one is going to be anywhere near Matt Clark's level because he was one of a kind for us. Um, but I think just the way that he sort of fit into the side, I mean, he played six games, six league games, never appeared for us again after that. And I think uh, Kenny soon realised that he was not the option to play at centre-back and hence why he then brought in Raggett later on. But um, yeah, it's just not worked out for him. And obviously, yeah, as Freddie said as well, we've got him on a three-year deal. It's going to be incredibly hard to... Uh, to shift him on, he'll probably have to go down a level, like if we can, and then we'll end up having to pay some of his wages to get rid of him. Like it's just one of those sort of transfers. But uh, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed it didn't work out for him. But unfortunately, that's football. Sometimes, like you're going to have players that just don't fit a system or don't fit a club. No, like the quote that is football, Proudy. Um, mm. Yeah, no. So Paul Downing, where do you start with him? I, I actually agree. I thought for the fun taken out of at Mick out of Freddie about it. Um, I thought he's a pretty decent player at uh, at Donny before he came here. He looked pretty steady in a system that plays pretty decent football for Doncaster. It obviously wasn't the right fit. I don't know if it was a mental thing, any personal issues off the side, but he looked a shadow of the player. He looked at Blackburn. I mean, I spoke to the guys at Doncaster. I know there, one of the guys at the paper, and he said to me, you know, he's a great player. What a signing. The guys from Sunderland, I know, were, were a bit jealous. And I know that Paul Downing actually had quite a lot of people he wanted to speak to, but sorry, who came in to speak to him, but he was only ever interested in talking to us and Doncaster. So... He obviously had his mind set on here, so quite how he's flopped so much is is pretty unbelievable. But when when Ollie Hawkins is chosen above you in the in the defensive rankings, and you you know you put a makeshift striker at centre back, and you're supposed to come in on a three year contract and solidify the back where Matt Clark has gone, you've got to say this signing has been an absolute flop, and it's up there with poor Bryn Morris as possibly one of the worst signings of, of modern times, Pompey. Um. Right, let's go around, Freddie. Ranking. I don't know. Where, I, I I don't know where to put him, honestly. Well, the the it, to give a bit of context, the last league game that Paul Downing played for Portsmouth was against Burton Albion, and that was the first game, the home game where where it was the two all draw. I think you'd have to give it a two out of ten, even though on paper, excellent signing. I would have thought as a, as an option, but it, everything just seemed to go wrong. You could put some of that down on the manager not having faith in him afterwards and only paying him cut games after those two those bad games against Burton and Coventry and so on. But yeah, just didn't work out at all, unfortunately. Proudy? 
Yeah, I was gonna. I, I, I'm not gonna be harsh and give him a one, uh, just because he has played quite a few games for us this year. But uh, I think, yeah, two, maybe at a stretch three. But I mean, you can't go any higher than that. He's just not played enough this season to warrant any higher than that. I'm gonna give him a one. Um, and sorry, Paul, if you do listen to this podcast, makes I'm sure you're a great bloke. But I've heard he's on fairly decent wages, um, a three-year contract. He's been an absolute flop on the field, and you know it was part of really that's such a poor start to the season, which ultimately has cost us in promotion. The reason I'm giving him one rather than zero is it's a three-year contract, not a five-year contract, which could have been awful. So. Um, Sorry, Paul, but I reckon he can play at League One level, though. It's not really a reflection on the talent he has. I actually think in a different system, um, he probably could be a solid League One defender, but it's just not worked out here for some reason. But if maybe if his wages, we have to end up paying a part of it, I could see another League One team who were interested in him this summer thinking, Pompey, fucked him up. Um, I will, we'll, give him a, we'll give him a punt on reduced wages. So I don't reckon it's the last we've heard of Paul Downing um, in League One. Okay, cool. Uh, let's move on to Ryan Williams. Whose turn was it next? I believe it's mine. Go, Proudy. Yeah. You've got it, mate. Um, well, another free transfer uh, this season. And um, I, I had my doubts about him at first because obviously he was going to be coming in to play in Jamal Lowe's position, um, playing on the right wing. Uh, I had my doubts. I was just, you know, he'd been a fairly decent player for Rotherham, but I thought we needed someone who was going to add a bit more and try and be quite similar to Jamal. But he's, he's been a fairly decent player for us this year. Like he's, he's done quite well. I mean, he's played 25 games. Uh, he's got a goal return of three, um, which to be fair is pretty standard for him. Like looking at his uh, previous seasons at other clubs as well. And obviously he played for us. Like we were his first professional club as well. Um, so it was, I, I suppose it was a, a fairly good sign and free transfer. I can't really complain about that either. Um, but yeah, I think there's been some games I've seen him this year and his work rate is absolutely sensational on that right-hand side. Um, it's just whether question marks, whether he can bring more goals to his game. Um, but I suppose that's just not the player he is. I think he's there to sort of set up more goals than he is to score. Um, but yeah, once again, I, I can't really complain, you know, free transfer, you know, three goals, three assists in 26 games, you know, it's pretty decent, I suppose, for a player that plays the role that he does. Ready? Uh, squad depth player again. I, I think m- many people would think of this. I did a, I, I did a comparison against uh, Marcus Harness a long, uh, a long time ago on PNN, going through how, uh, the differences and how they play on that right wing. And yeah, as proudly mentioned, work rate second to none in terms of winning the ball back. Very good. The only problem is he doesn't create enough. Yes, he, he, he he's one of those players who looks like he's creating a lot. By never shying away from trying to dribble the ball past uh, past a fullback or whatever, but his crossing hasn't been that great. Three goals, one assist. Compared that to Marcus Harness, not good enough. But Williams is a strong depth player in League One. Can play on both wings. Useful. Always puts in a shift in whenever he comes on the pitch. Excellent player off it as well with all the community stuff he does. Solid signing on a free. I I, I still like him. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't create as much in terms of goals and assists, but his build-up play is always really good. I don't know what you think, though. Um, again, I, I think he's a good squad player to have in the squad. He's pretty. He's pretty um, versatile. He can play in the centre, play in the left, play on the right. He, as again, he works hard. 
he, he, he does frustrate me quite a lot, actually, when Marcus Harness isn't playing on the right-hand side and Ryan Williams gets selected as first choice in that sense. 25 games is probably too many games, in my opinion, for him to be starting. I'd like to see Marcus Harness utilised more. And it just comes down to the level that three goals, three assists. If he's not scoring, but he's creating a lot, I'm happy. If he's scoring loads and not creating anything, again, I'm happy. But Pompey's system's pretty reliant on both wide players contributing as well as the striker up front with goals um, or assists at, at least. And Ryan Williams does flatter to deceive a little bit on that. But having said that, apparently great guy, really liked in the squad. Um, and he does do a lot of little things off the ball. He tracks back well. He wins challenges. He puts pressure on, on defenders. And he's not a player that some, some defenders particularly like to play against. And other teams do actually single him out as a good player. Whether that's because they're just watching what we're seeing, that sort of visual flattery a little bit, or maybe it's actually that you know they're seeing something that maybe we're overanalyzing. I don't know. Um, but, you know, Ryan Williams, I think he's been a good good addition to the squad on a free transfer. Um, maybe just like to see someone a bit more attacking talent um, start ahead of him. Freddie, let's go around the table. Uh, like with many players, jacket, okay, jacket signed, I'd give him a 6 out of 10. Proudy? Yeah, 6 out of 10 for me. And I'm going to give him a 6 as well. Um, he's played a, a decent part in the squad for the season, despite his output. All right, let's go to Bromley legend Rico Hackett Fairchild, who I actually heard that was potentially going to be loaned back to Bromley before the end of the season. I think that's, was it the news reported that? Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, before this all this COVID nineteen stuff happened, he's played a couple of games. Is it one game, two games in the, in the, in the uh, leasing trophy final, trophy cup, whatever it is. Um, yeah, so we'll go into it. All right, I think it's me actually anyway, isn't it? So let's do this. All right, Rico Hackett Fairchild. He's he's only young. He's 21 years old. He's got potential. It seemed like an odd signing, especially without him on the 23s team, in my opinion. It's one of those that was boom or bust. It seems like we put a bit of money in to release his claws and Bromley made a bit of profit out of it. I think I don't think I've seen anything from him I haven't seen from someone like Louis Dennis, who didn't work out here, even though he looked like a natural centre-attacking midfielder. Too early to judge the lad. Let's see how he pans out. But at the end of the day, is what it is. It's, it's a bit of a nothing signing for me so far. Yeah, I don't think you could rate him really, since he only played that one game against Warsaw in the in the leasing dot com trophy. Again, again, like you said, I don't, I don't know why we're taking punts on young players, even though he has. He, he, I looked at him while he was playing at Bromley. He had a lot of talent, but without an under twenty threes team. And with no real chance of him getting a lot of first team football, I don't see the point. You're going to loan him out for one or two seasons and then hope he develops from there. I'm not sure. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one. I don't think you can rate him just the fact that he's barely played for us so far. That's fair. Proudy? Yeah, it's just um, one of those. I, I think like we do look at the non league, you know, for a lot of players and we've got a bit of success from it. Uh, so, you know, it's not really a signing that I can rate at the moment until he plays more games. Um, whether he's actually going to even break into the first team remains to be seen. Uh, he might get like a few chances. Like, it will probably one of those players that will get a few chances towards the end of the season if like the season's already wrapped up. But yeah, can't can't really rate him in my opinion either. No, we're not going to rate him. Let's give the kid a chance and move on. All right, uh, Ross McCrory in on loan. 
this is an interesting one. I'll be pretty interested to see what you guys think about it. There's talk about him potentially leaving Rangers. Um, I spoke to the guy Stevie Cliff, I know, from Four Lads Had a Dream. Um, I spoke to him at the start of the season uh, when we actually got him on loan. And uh, we've had a little chat since about Ross. Um, and the chance of him making it into the Rangers team are slim to none. So although he's liked by the fans, there's a potential for him to make a move to Pompey or another club around us so it'd be interesting to hear what you think uh freddie go for it i'm not sure what to think of him sometimes because I, I i thought when we signed him he would be he would slot into the center of midfield almost like a 4-3-3 with Naylor and close as the other center mids we saw bits of that he mainly played at right back and even though he played right back for scotland i think or scotland on the 21s i'm not sure he's the choice at right back very good at going forward as a right back, but I think sometimes defensively he doesn't know where he want, needs to be all the time. And in the centre of midfield, he just can't do what Paul Downing does, unfortunately, even though he's that sort of player. When, when, um, did I say Paul Downing? Yeah. Tom yeah. <laughs> so thank God. <laughs> Tom Naylor, sorry, excuse me. But um, when, Tom, when Tom Naylor's not playing in that centre of midfield, he doesn't. It, it, it doesn't seem to work, does it? it uh, there doesn't seem to be that um, stability in midfield anymore. And I think Ross, Ross McCrory has potential to do that, but he just hasn't filled it. I like the idea of the signing, and he's been okay, but I'm not sure if I can say more than that, I don't think. Do you want to re-sign him, Freddie? Would I re-sign him? It, it depends. I assume he's got another year left at Rangers, so you're not going to nab him on a free when the loan contract ends. It would honestly depend on how much... They would ask if it was cheap, yes. But if they're asking more than three quarters of a million, I would say no. I'll move on to somebody else. Hmm. Righty, what do you reckon? Um, he was one of the signings we made in the summer who I was really excited about, especially after seeing how many Rangers fans said that we'd got um, you know, a great signing on our hands, you know, a great player on our hands. Um, and I assumed he was going to play defensive midfield uh, alongside Naylor and we were going to play like a 4-2-3-1 um, but was, obviously that's not really happened and I'm looking at obviously transfermarket.com seeing the games that he played defensive mid in and we didn't win a single one he, he managed to get sent off in the first one he played against Shrewsbury uh, and then we drew two and then lost 4-1 to Accrington when he was at defensive mid as well um, so I think there's questions about whether he can actually play defensive mid and I don't think he is really a good right back for us either so I'm a little bit disappointed about how the signings sort of panned out. Um, I, he's played more recently towards like uh, the close of the season, but yeah, it's just I don't know. I, I expected more of him, I suppose, coming from Rangers, like uh, and you know how highly they rated him, and uh, it's just not really worked out for us. I think uh, with him, uh, whether I'll take him back next season, um, I'm not sure. He's a good option, I suppose, to have. Like it's you know it's going to be very hard to find a defensive midfielder who uh, probably can play at a higher level uh, than this. But yeah, I, I think for us, I don't think it's going to work out. I, I wouldn't take him back next season. I think if I had to choose, yeah. All right, mate, I, I get that. And as I said, I, I had really high expectations for Ross. Um, you know, we're told future Rangers captain. Um, I think it's a bit of an odd one, really, because he actually was really a centre-back and, he, you know, he, he trained his whole career as a centre-back. So um, Stephen Gerrard was the player, well, the manager, sorry, who came in and actually decided to put him into midfield. So with all the crisis we had at centre-back, you might have thought he actually got a nod at centre-back, actually. But that's that's a different discussion, really. 
when I saw him play against QPR, I actually thought he was really good. I actually thought, you know, he's got the ability to create things. He's had a couple of times when he's, you know, put a cross in and, you know, he's created a goal, you know, from fullback, which is something James Bolton, you know, can do, but, you know, doesn't cross the halfway line as much as I'd want. He seems to have the ability, but can he put it all together and really cement a cement a position in this team? At the moment, probably not, to be honest. So, it's been an all right signing, but he's had a lot of injuries as well, hasn't he? He's been quite unlucky. He's come into the team and then he's been, he's been injured again and come out of it. So he's 21 years old and I have a feeling that if he goes somewhere else, the different system or a different emphasis and maybe someone hasn't got a Tom Naylor and you know he's told to play in that position on his own or because he plays in a one in front of the four. So it's really a 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one Rangers play. So he's effectively a, a push forward centre back, really. Um yeah, so disappointed with how, how it's gone for Ross. Good guy. Um, do I want him back next season as a squad player? Yeah, all right. But do I think, you know, do I want him back into push into the first team? No, not really at the moment, I'm afraid, for Ross. Um, all right, let's go around. Freddie, what's your rating? I would say a 5 out of 10. Probably a bit harsh. But considering the expectation I had of him for that midfield, it just hasn't worked as well as, well as I hoped it would. Friday. Uh, I'm going to say a four, just because um, he's just not really filled in any position that he's played. And I, I feel like if he's to play defensive mid, it's only because Tom Naylor's not playing there. And uh, I don't think he can do Tom Naylor's job half as good. So four for me. Okay, I'm going to give him a five. Um, little flashes that I've seen him play, I thought were good. I thought he's excellent in preseason. Not that it means that much, but... Um, I give him a five out of ten, and I think that's just because I have some sort of bias towards liking him coming down from Rangers. Maybe it was a bit optimistic, even actually, for us. All right, let's move on to another midfielder, Cameron McGeehan, the Barnsley Dynamite. And obviously, we haven't seen him that much this season. Um, it's my turn, anyway, isn't it? So, all right, Cam, I, I genuinely think that he's been a good player to come into the system. I was happy when we signed him. You know, he can score goals, he can run back he can get the ball it's quite difficult as we just discussed with Ross coming into this midfield and making a big impact but he's certainly been a player that's given Ben Close a lot of competition you know I like him he's 24 years old he's been told he's not going to go back to Barnsley pretty much he said that he doesn't want to go back to Barnsley um so there's quite there is the potential for him to sign here good passer tidy player maybe not that flashy sometimes but you know for League One I think he's a very good player and has the potential to score a lot of goals pretty happy overall with with the signing of 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 mcgeehan um but not blown away that i'm sort of like we got to sign cameron mcgeehan so that's pretty much where i am on it uh freddie uh there's a different option to ben close i thought it was an excellent signing in january we were we were debating a lot about what sort of midfielder would be needed uh in january we, we wanted more of a number 10 i think cameron McGeehan can potentially play number 10 as more of a shadow striker or a box-to-box up and down player hasn't played there when he's played in center mid when ben close hasn't been playing well he's been okay come up and score uh, scored that goal in the um in the exit game really good goal as well i think it, uh, i think for really if um since barnsley don't want him I, I i would love to have him as an option in center mid as that more box-to-box option yeah, I've, uh, again, uh, one of one of Kane Jacket's better signings. I would have thought hasn't blown me away though. But I think with a full season under his belt with this team, I think he could do really well next season if he signs. Friday? Yeah, I, I, I was quite happy when we signed him. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen him 
quite a few times down at Fratton Park playing for other, other sides. And uh, I think he's performed quite well. Just whether, you know, we, we've tried to like sort of fill this number 10 position and he's been one of the options. And I don't think he's like that creative to play as a number 10. I think uh, essentially he's just playing as another centre midfielder, but in a more advanced position uh, to try and link up the play as best he can. But I mean, it can t- you can tell by like the amount of assists. I mean, he's only had one assist actually this season under us and he's played 12 games. So I can't see if he would be that creative in that number 10 role. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's, as Freddie said as well, if Barnsley want to get rid of him, you know, I, I'm more than happy to have him. I think, uh, you know, if he was to play centre midfield, I think he gives us a sort of a more attacking option than Ben Close would. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think just sort of squad depth as well. I think he'd be a great signing. Yeah, cool. I think he works well in the 4 3 3. If we're going to play that high press in. Uh, formation and we'll come on to that a bit later but yeah cool all right i'm going to give him a seven out of ten i think i'll give him a seven as well i think due to the fact that he fulfilled his expectations to a certain extent of a player who wasn't playing with barnsley so he would have been very rusty when he came in and with the futures be able to get him on the cheap but that's my rating i suppose uh i'd give him a six i think um just uh, just mainly for the fact that he's, you know, fulfilled the role so far. But I think we, there's more to be seen from him. But I think we'll definitely see some more from him uh, if uh, the season restarts. Nice one. All right, Proudy, it is Sean Raggett, mate, and it's your turn to lead this out. Oh, probably the best signing we've ever made in the history of the club, apparently. Okay, I'll start off from the start. So... I was quite happy when we signed him. Uh, I, uh, I, you know, I've I've seen him play for other teams, and he's he's been okay. Like he was, he was all like he was okay in the games he played for Rotherham, and obviously we know of his exploits at Lincoln, and he was quite good there, even though he played at a lower level. But I was quite happy when we signed him. But I think it was a very slow start for him. I, I think uh, very slow. I, I think it it didn't help that we couldn't work out our best two in defence as well. Um, because obviously we had Down in there, we had Jack playing uh, now and then when he wasn't injured, and then obviously uh, Sean was coming in now and then. So I think it was hard for him to settle in. But I think once he settled in, I mean, he's been—I think he's been nothing short of superb. Like uh, you know, he's um, he's left-footed as well, which helps I think uh, playing alongside Burgess as well. Or he can use his left foot like really well, and he's just been sensational um, this season well sensational is actually probably being a bit too generous but I think he's been really good uh, playing alongside Burgess I think both of them have been uh, excellent and complement each other very well Um, and I think if we were to sign Raggett I'd be very happy like I think you know what he's done this season like as the season's progressed I think he's been brilliant but I think there's been a few games where I kind of wish he had played I think um, he was dropped for the Arsenal game in the FA Cup which um I was a bit surprised about. I, I, yeah, he was dropped uh, to the bench and uh, I felt like that was a game that he probably would have been needed in. But um, yeah, it's, you know, I can't really say anything more positive about him. He's been brilliant. I think in, um, for Sean Raggett, really, at the beginning he was labelled as a cart horse. By, by many Pompey fans, especially with that horrible time at the start of the season, which pretty much probably cost us promotion, where K-Jacket didn't know his, his defenders. He was injured as well with James Bolton, who was in that category. But he improved strength to strength every single time since those first couple of games. He's much better at moving the ball around now, because due to the fact that he's, tra- he's trained better at his passing. 
He's, he's doing really well with that as well. Uh, and a partnership with Christian Burgess as well. Very solid, as Proudy says. Gone above my expectations because when he was brought in, I thought he was just going to be a squad player, one-dimensional league one centre-half, which he might well be, but he's, he's done exceptionally well whenever he's played. Can he cut it at a championship level? I have no idea, considering how the championship might change, considering with uh, COVID and so on. I don't see not. I don't see Norwich start re-signing him if he goes back. So if we get him on a free, that'll be excellent as well. I, I think it was eventually one of Kenny Jackett's better signings. Yeah, then I'll come out and say that I was probably one of his bigger critics at the start of the season. I uh, wasn't happy with his timing, balls floating over him. I thought he's, he, he looked very off. But again, he had a lot of injury issues. When I spoke to the guys um, at Norwich and I spoke to people before that at Lincoln and I asked, you know, what do you think of the guy? You know, they they pretty much, they ranked him and thought he'd be a very good player in League One, potential to be one of the top defenders in League One. So I was pretty surprised at the start of the season when he, you know, he flopped a little bit at the start of the season. He's grown on me a bit like one of those mates who you meet at first and you think this guy's a bit weird. And then after a while, you sort of think, actually, this guy's a fucking legend. Um, and he's really grown on me. And, you know, in January, I had to go, right, hands up. Um, he's one of those players that I think now is, is a really important part of the team. Still, occasionally gives me a little bit of a, a little bit of a heart attack, but who doesn't in League One? To be honest, this is League One. Um, every player's gone through that. You see Burgess last season. He seems to have settled in well. Uh, as Proudy said, it helps that he's left-footed. I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with the signing. Again, out of contract this summer. I uh, bet he'd love to sign here. I, I reckon get sign him up. He's, he's the perfect player to play in League One, which I expect we'll be playing in next season. So we'll see, we'll see. But I, I'm, I'm a big fan now of Sean Raggett, which I definitely wouldn't have said at the start of the season. So it's one of those turnarounds for me. Um, surprise, a pleasant surprise from Shawnee Raggett. Right, proudly, let's get around the table, mate. Uh, definitely an eight. I think, um, as I said, you know, he's progressed like leaps and bounds this season for us and fitted into the system very well. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, if, uh, if we do finish the season and, uh, he gets a couple more goals and stuff, I'd probably say a nine. Nice. Uh, proudly took the words and the score right out of my mouth. It's a eight out of 10, I think. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to give him an eight and a half out of 10. <laughs> but do you know what it's weird because I would have given him a 6 at the start of the season and a 9 for the second half of the season so that sort of balances out a 7 yeah. but I feel, I feel that I've been a little bit a little bit harsh on the man really um, he's got the most confidence now man of the matches he bloody well so, has so, isn't so, he sure. yeah alright <laughs> do you know what do you know what Sean I apologise for my earlier comments and I'm going to give you a 9 right okay cool um, Steve Seddon Proudy well um what can we say about the man that hasn't already been said by everyone else? I, I mean, he came in to play that left-back role. I think Lee Brown was struggling, then he got injured. Um, and I think there was a lot of criticism uh, at Lee Brown because of just his attacking impetus and like his deliveries sometimes aren't the greatest. Uh, I think defensively, I can't really you know fault him, but like attacking-wise, he's just not that great. And I think Steve coming into the team and adding that sort of like, you know, sort of attacking intent into the game that we we're now also into Kenny Jackett's like tactics. It's been brilliant. I think his delivery is second to none. Uh, he's set up so many goals. I, I mean, assist wise, he's only got two, but like in terms of like his deliveries, like and just getting the ball into the box, 
it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, I think he's, I kind of wish we'd had him at the start of the season because maybe the season would have turned out differently for us because especially if, you know, as you've mentioned earlier, like down the wings is our strongest asset. And if we had Steve for the entire season, maybe things could have been different and maybe we could have been higher up the league or maybe even top of the league. But um, yeah, what can I say about the guy? I genuinely would say he's been the best signer we've made this season, like out of everyone that we've signed. You agree with that, Freddie? Absolutely. Underline it, it was Kenny Jackett's best ever signing. He just adds so much off the ball, even even away from the goals and assists he did. On that, le- that left-hand side, completely turned around from January. Ronan Curtis in the best form of his life. Then you have Andy Cannon on that side in, in, in centre midfield, if he plays. That was probably the hardest working left-hand side in the entire division. Helps Portsmouth do that counter-press, which they play so much better with whenever they use it. And it makes them stay further up the pitch as well and not drop deep and lose the ball, which we've seen so many times. Easily... Kenny Jackett's best signing. If we somehow sign him, then I think it would be great. But it, um, Birmingham City might keep him if they want to reduce costs and then play him in the championship next season. But I think if we had to, uh, if if a lot of money was given in the in the summer, I think that's where I'll put my money on Steve Seddon at left back. Birmingham reduced money, mate. They keep saying they're going to reduce their wage bill, but keep making excuses not to meet financial fair play. So they, um... they, they, did they, I read an article where they, they said they cut their their wage bill a lot, but they haven't cut it enough. So the Football League is still unhappy with them. Yeah, apparently, they, yeah, apparently they got offered pennies for their players because people knew that they had to get rid of them, basically, to shed salary or shed money. So people were like, oh, you need to get rid of him. He's 50 quid. And they were like, we were thinking for, you know, one and a half million. They're like, no, you got to shop him. So they actually used that as a reasoning, apparently, um, in discussions with the EFL. So I think that's quite reasonable on their part, honestly, if, they, if you're not getting anywhere near fair value for your players, then there's, you know. But don't sign in the we'll first see, place, we'll Freddie. Yeah, don't no. sign it, him in the it, first place. Exactly. It, it, don't get Harry Redknapp as a manager and then get over two hundred percent turnover on wages. Don't exactly. do that. No one needs to do that. But it, it would entirely <laughs> depend if they keep that um, Pedersen at left back because he's one of their best players. So it, 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 if they keep Pedersen, Steve Seddon's not going to get the game time that he needs. So that's what that I think that was, that's the main thing that any ports of transfer hinges on. Yeah, what a revelation, I'm going to say, at left-back um, for the whole team. Not only is the man an absolute wizard with the dead ball, you know, taking corners, free kicks. I do think him and Ronan Curtis, he's been saying, you know, this is how you put a ball in, Ronan, a little bit, giving him a few more tips. Ronan Curtis's crossing looks like it's improved with both feet since Steve Seddon's arrived. Don't know if that's a coincidence or, you know, or maybe it's just one of those things, but or maybe he's been helping him out. But he adds width, he adds pace, he adds danger. You know, he's good defensively getting back as well. So he's not just one of those sort of like Bill Hadge nutters. He runs down the pitch and never tracks back or anything. He's what a, a player, though. Yeah. What a player. <laughs> all round, yeah, nutter, though. All round good player. Um, really happy with him. Would absolutely love him back. It's going to be one of the harder players for us to sign, isn't it? But Steve Seddon, what a man. Let's go around the table. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll start. Um, I mean, I I want to say 10 out of 10, but I, I'm going to give him a 9. I think uh, if I gave him 10 out of 10, I'd probably be setting the bar. Uh, quite. I, I'm comparing him to, obviously, the rest of the sign-ins. Um, so, I mean, that would probably give him a 10, but I'm going to say 9. Uh, I'll give him the perfect 10 out of 10 then. Easily the best signing and would 
spend most of my most of my transfer budget to re-sign him next season. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Freddie. I'm going to give the man a ten. Um, but you know, we, we maybe want to get better than that, Proudy. I understand that. Maybe mm. we should expect better than Steve Seddon um, for signing. So, Kenny Jacket, sort yourself out. You might get a ten. Uh, Marcus Harness, is it your go, Freddie, or is it mine? Uh, I think it might be mine. Um, go for we it. chatted. We chatted a lot about Marcus Harness, didn't we? Um, earlier in the season, I think at one point I rate, rate Ryan Williams ahead of him purely on expectation of how he did, how he's been. But he's grown into that right, right wing role again. Very creative player, very creative player. That also miss him a lot when he doesn't play. I saw him play at number ten against Fleetwood away from home. And as soon as he played in that number 10 role, Ports have actually started attacking from that point. So any player who can do that is an exceptional buy. I think we got him uh, for a very reasonable contract as well. And I could only see him getting better. The only question mark is, which many people have leveled at him, is if he gets kicked or if um, it doesn't do very well in the first half an hour, can he go missing? Absolutely. Is he as defensively good as Ryan Williams? No. But going forward, creatively... And linking play with the attacking midfielder, the centre midfielder, and a striker, you have to have him on that right wing right wing spot. Do you agree, Proudy? Yeah, I. Um, it was a player that once again, you know, I was very excited when we signed him. You know, I've admired him for the last few years. I think he like he didn't obviously wasn't Burton Albion's like key one of their key players, but I think he definitely pulled his weight in that team. And I think when us or oh, when we signed him. I, I felt like uh, he was definitely going to add uh, an option for us. And, you know, once again, like I said, with Ryan Williams, you know, unfortunately there was quite a big gap left by Jamal Lowe when he left there. So it's going to be difficult for those two to fill in. But I think Marcus has done the best he could um, in that role. And I think, you know, he's, five goals, five assists, it's been pretty good return for 25 games for a player that's a right winger. Um, but yeah, I think, as Freddie said, he does get lost in games now and then. And uh, I think that is something that we need to work on. But yeah, it's, you know, a player that I've uh, quite liked in the Pompey side. And, you know, I, I hope that we uh, have a few more years with him. I think the main thing is he was a different sort of right winger to Jamal Lowe. He wasn't the inside forward hang on the centre half sort of winger, more of a creative winger, mm. sitting, sitting back a lot more, building the play. And I think that's where he gives most of his value i don't think he'll have goal scoring seasons like jamal low will but i think i i, I still think next couple of seasons marcus Arnes should be pulls a strike winger no i, I don't know i i freddie I, i'm gonna say that i think he could score a lot more goals he's got that he's got that finishing ability you know when a ball goes through uh behind the defense there's been quite a few times at fratton park where you've seen the ball slide behind the defense the ball gets to marcus harness and you've got that faith that he's going to tuck it away compared to someone like ryan williams who gets a lot of chances and doesn't finish those for me get him a better right back who can get round him who can drag defenders away from him who can link up with him going forward and I think the goals will start coming for Marcus Harness even more than they are this season I think at the moment he hasn't got that support on the right and in the end if you look at the stats of where the ball goes I think Ronan Curtis gets nearly twice the ball going one side in, in some of the games so because of the you know the relationship between Curtis and Steve said on the left the ball tends to drift that way but if you put a really dynamic right back behind him I think you'd see the goals and the assists from Marcus Harness really start to rack up um, he's a young player still I think he's got a lot of time to develop I think he's got the skill set I think fans need to be patient with him you know, people can get on his back a little bit, but you know what? 
he doesn't track back as much as someone like Ryan Williams. If he scores, you know, 15 goals, 10, 15 goals a season and sets up another 10, um, I don't give a, I don't care, basically, if he doesn't track back as much. And I think that the amount of defensive midfielders we have in this squad who've got the ability to cover him when we go forward, it shouldn't really be the biggest worry for uh, for fans genuinely. So pretty happy with Marcus Harness. Um, actually, it's quite interesting, Proudy. You said about it wasn't their best player at Burton. This is a little bit off topic, but um, I know Scott Fraser uh, plays central attacking midfield, doesn't he, for Burton Albion? Um, good player. I think, Freddie, did we talk about him in our January review? As a we, we did because we, we wanted a player at Cam and Scott Fraser was statistically that the best player that we could find so, so yeah, he's yeah, not he's not player. he's not signing at burton um in this season so he'll be on a free transfer so is he not ah, no. so potentially potentially a good a good pickup there um all right let's go around the table lads um i've noticed we're nearly at an hour already so um part two of this podcast is actually going to be quite good we won't even get a part three out of it at this rate but let's go around the table marcus harness I'm juggling between a seven or an eight. I'll give him an eight. He gives he gives so much whenever he plays on that right wing spot, and I think he can only get better from there. Uh I'll give him an eight as well. I think um, you know, he's he's an option that I think will improve over time as well. Like uh once again, like once he gels fully with the attacking like trio, I think it'll be great. I want to give him an eight as well, boys. I'm all on board. And I think he can next season, potentially when we do some uh, player squad reviews, potentially, you know, be one of the most important players in the squad. He's got the talent, um, give him that right back. And I think, I think he's going to start scoring the goals and uh, fans are going to be particularly happy to see him starting on the score sheet. All right, last one, quick whip around. Let's give the Kenny Jacket, Mark Catlin, whoever you want to put the pressure on, um, overall score for the season of transfers. That made no sense. Transfer score for the season. Um, Freddie, out of 10, please, mate. It's a rough one because on paper for a lot of the signings, we all really liked them, didn't we? I don't think there were many signings that we thought, oh, I don't know why we're signing this person. For example, Paul Downing, we all thought it was going to be much better than he was, but it just didn't turn out that way. I would would go with probably a bit of a conservative six and a half to seven. Oh, go on, give him a seven. Because most of the signings in it did better than I, I, I think. I think a lot of them were on par, mixed bag. So I think a seven may be a bit generous, but we'll see. Proudy, would you reckon, mate? Uh, oh, this is. Um, I think if we were to take the two winter signings out, like Seddon McGeehan, I'd probably have said a five. But I think yeah, the, the, yeah, two... the January signings definitely put it up for me yeah I was gonna it's, it's the same with me I think um I've probably said a seven as well I think um you know those two that we've signed in the winter have like really come in and like made the team better or like added depth to the side so I think uh, I'd probably say a seven as well I can't believe we're all in agreement. I thought about just disagreeing with you, just just to add a bit of controversy to the podcast. But that's not what we're about, boys. So I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give the, um, the overall season review a seven as well for transfers. There's been a couple of misses. We talked about Paul Downing, etc. But if you look at some of the important players in the squad that have been added, 
Um, I can't complain, to be honest. And I think some of the players who maybe struggled a little bit to find their feet next season after a season under under their belts will, will be better. I think, you know, the likes of Marquis and Harness in particular, you know, usage better. Raggett's already come on leaps and bounds. Um, and Miggy, and if he if he stays, would be you know he would only improve as well. So generally, pretty happy with how things have gone. Um, all right, lads. Well, that's gonna be part one basically of of our review next week or whenever we manage to get round to it. Let's be honest. In this busy period of lockdown, uh, we'll go into talking about the club infrastructure, the management, and also the rest of the players in the squad. But until next time, from me, Freddie, and Proudy, play out Pompey. You have been listening to the PO Forecast for Pompey News Now. Available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow PO Forecast and Pompey News Now on Twitter for more information. And there is the full-time whistle!